Hello and welcome to Soccer FM, Scotland's funniest football podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and you, Ray Bradshaw. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, Aberdeen and Celtic made the Scottish Cup final. We've got a where are they now? Teams around the world is back as well and we'll chat everything else in the SPFL. Ray Bradshaw, how are you, my friend? I'm in a lot better position than you are, Stephen Mill. Absolutely. Despite the fact that was quite a professional and good start to the podcast, I am hanging out my arse. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) This is definitely the roughest that I've ever done the podcast. You look such a piece of shit today. Oh my God. Because I'm I'm hungover, but... Oh, it pales yeah. into significance compared yeah, to you, mate. I know. Well, I mean, when you first seen me today, I mean, my opening lines were, I want to kill myself. <laughs> and I was eating a bridey. You were. Which I'd actually bought in Dunfermline, right? And I didn't know that. I, I so, wondered where the packaging had come so from. So it was cold, yeah. So it, it was hot when I bought it, and then because I'd left in the car for about an hour and a half. So <laughs> I'll probably have a violent salmonella poisoning over the next few while as well. So, but you had uh, a Capri Sun as well, mate. And I had a Capri Sun. Love Capri Suns, though. Full of sugar. Good for you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yes, uh, we will uh, keep this a very short podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of that, and uh, we'll, we'll get through it together. Though, won't we? Right? Yeah. So, uh, listen, lots to talk about yesterday. I'll explain why I'm so hungover, and uh, also uh, we'll chat about the Scotch Cup. And we've got a great player early now as well uh, coming up uh, with a former Celtic and Ross County player. So yes, there you we go. do. There's a wee tease for you. So, uh, listen, Ray. Uh, lots happened in the SBFL yesterday. No Premiership games. Um, we'll get to the Cup uh, semi-finals in just a wee second. But let's start in the Championship. Uh, it was. What game do you want to start this evening? I think I've got a theory what here. Start with Robin Bastard's fucker. Have you seen the penalty? Yeah. Have you seen the penalty? Yeah. It's ridiculous. If this was a, if that had happened to a Celtic player against Ross County, then there would be uproar. That's all I'm saying. So, if you haven't seen it, we'll retweet it from uh, at Scott Soccer FM, which is our Twitter page. Give us a follow there as well. It's a ludicrous decision, and the whole game spins on that. We were comfortable one 0 up, and the Miles Hippolyte dives. Does it? Does it even dive, Stephen? He front flips. It's ridiculous. Like an absolutely obscene decision, and uh, yeah, one of the worst I've seen. And and it just goes to show that referees in Scotland are pish. See, this is the thing. You say this every week. So when you tweeted that yesterday, you were like, "Oh, referees in Scotland are a joke or whatever." I was like, oh, "He's on his bandwagon again." And then I saw that clip, yeah. and I've been sent that clip on like uh, group chats to three different group chats. Yeah, because everyone's just like, "This is mental." And not only that, uh, so and obviously Falkirk ended up winning the game two one. Uh, we got a man sent off as well. Lewis Martin got sent off. It was a sending off. No right. complaints about that. But the whole thing spins in the penalty, like it was a ridiculous decision. And also, uh, obviously, I wasn't there. Uh, Dundee United versus St Mirren, another joke decision there, I believe. It uh, was, is that the first goal? Uh, yes, um, was it. Uh, over the line? Was it not over the line? Or what was it? What oh, happened? that's not the goal. I'm thinking of supposedly with the first goal. Um, no, I've just made that up. So, uh, oh, right. Yeah, you have more information on this <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go further. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, supposedly uh, for the first goal, um, the Dundee United striker Mikkelsen goes in with a high boot. But like uh, they likened it on Twitter to um, like one by The Undertaker. Right, like, okay. properly nails him. Wow. And everyone just goes mental and... Uh, Craig Charleston, who's the ref, just played on, and, oh, and he ran through and scored. That in no way surprises me. He's another diddy as well, and like it, oh, appalling referee. It was on a uh, what's he called, Gary McKenzie, and he had the treatment down the side because he'd been absolutely knocked to shit, and the ref just played on. So unbelievable. Craig Charleston is one of the worst. And, yeah, uh, there was a guy. I think his name was Gavin Duncan, who was the uh, who was the referee yesterday for uh, us versus Falkirk, and uh, I typed his name into Google. And one of the first stories that I was trying to find his address, but no, <laughs> uh, one of the first stories that comes up is when he was making his way through the the ranks as a as a referee. Yeah, he sent off uh, a deaf player um, because he carried on playing because he after the whistle couldn't hear the whistle. Oh, what so, a prick! So that's that's what we're dealing with. Uh, so yeah, absolutely I, I saw the Dunfermline players absolutely surrounded the ref. Did any of them touch him? What the the ref? Yeah. I think Sean Murdoch might give him a wee a wee. They were because it's it's filmed from far away. You can't really tell, but they look like 
someone's about to stick the nut you, on him. You can always tell by players' reactions, yeah. like whether it's a penalty or not. And then you know, Hippolyte was laughing and all the rest of it after that. So I uh, hope you get fucked in the playoff. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's move on uh, before I go on more of rant. So yeah. it was a big Soccer win. FM, Scotland's most impartial football podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Three <laughs> two uh, finished, by the way, uh, for Dundee United yesterday. So Ninetieth that... minute winner as well. Yes, Blair's I know. Middle. Absolutely. Because uh, St Mirren just pulled it back in the eighty sixth. So they're thinking that'd be a great point. Uh, that point would have put them uh, above Wraith Rovers but again that drops them down into the uh, yep. relegation playoff and I'm pretty sure they play Wraith Rovers next week yeah I think they so do yeah. and Wraith have got Hibs midweek as well that is a massive match for the two of them obviously Wraith weren't playing because uh, uh, Hibs were playing in the Scottish Cup semi-final yep. yesterday so we'll get to that in a wee second elsewhere in the championship uh, Morton sealed their place in the playoffs uh, with a 1-0 draw against Air United uh, draws really not good enough for Air at this stage of the season it's uh, looking pretty dire for them although they still have Wraith Rovers to play so that's the final day of the season and we've said this for a couple of weeks it looks like it's going to come down to that it's definitely going to come down to that because there's just a nice wee bunch now and Dumbarton great result for them at the weekend amazing result yeah Christian had a factor in it and I, I, it just it astounds me that Dumbarton win football yeah because you say they're the worst football team you've ever seen in your they're, life they're rank I mean, sorry if you're a Dumbarton fan. Every time we've played you this season, you've been horrible. But you seem to pick out these amazing results, like going down to Dumfries and beating Queen of the South 2-1 yesterday. Great result for Dumbarton. And that's, uh, what, you're not quite safe yet. No. Um, and But yeah. that's them pulling away from the pack because yeah. Wraith Rovers are in free fall, aren't they? Apart yeah. from that, they won last but, week, obviously. Apart but from, apart from week, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to make a lot more mistakes today. So <laughs> I'm going to savour all those ones. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a big result for Dumbarton yesterday. And as you said, they're pulling away from the pack. They're on 38 points, uh, air at the bottom. On 33, then you've got St Mirren 35, Wraith 36, and as you say, they play Hibs midweek, so that is a big match for them two Hibs already, sewn up the titles. So there we go, and I should also say well done to Dundee United, that's them confirmed in the playoffs as well, uh, after uh, yesterday's yeah. result too. So it looks like we're going to have Morton playing either Dundee United or Falkirk. Yeah. Uh, there's a point between them, two games left. Be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously the teams will be wanting to finish second because it's two less matches they'll have yeah. to play. So, uh, yep, all hotting up very nicely for the playoffs. Uh, they'll probably, I don't know, they can't really wind down. That's the only thing. Like, once you're in the playoffs, like Morton are going to finish second now, probably. And then you've got, you know, Falkirk, Dundee United. They have to keep keep going for it and to, to get that second place. So, going to be interesting over the next two games uh, in League One. Yesterday, it was Airdrie now, Aloha 1, Albion Rovers now, East 5. 5-1, uh, Brecon City nil, Stranraer nil, Livingston 4, Queen's Park nil and Peterhead nil, Stenhouse Muir 1, massive yep. result for them Massive result for Stenhouse, that takes um, just two points behind Peterhead with two to go uh, Stranraer, good point against Brecon very good point against Brecon for them that technically means that they're four points off um, the relegation playoff and six points off relegation so theoretically I'd imagine they're safe, their goal difference is a lot better Um they just need maybe one more point. But insanely, Stranraer are only five points off the playoffs at the top yeah. of the table. So, <laughs> I mean... I just noticed that. Yeah. Because that's you've got four clubs and 46 points. Yeah, exactly. So it was uh, a poor result for Airdrie in Queen's Park yesterday and Albion Rovers. Uh, Albion probably struggling a wee bit now as well uh, for making it into the playoffs, but they are safe from anything at the bottom pretty much. Uh, another point will do them and uh, yeah so it's um, it's all hotting up nicely for the playoffs Allah already confirmed Livingston already won the league and then it's really sort of so anyone's two, in it two teams from four so uh, that's what it's looking like at the moment East Fife in third place and Brecon in fourth uh, that's what makes up the playoff uh, contenders in League One at the moment yep. uh, League Two it was Berwick Rangers nil Montrose one Cowdenbeath one Arbroath two Elgin City two Stirling Albion two four for Athletic 3 Clyde now and more importantly need, need, need a vagina yes brilliant there we go that was a win for Edinburgh City yesterday against Annan 2-0 at home they won and a win that makes them mathematically safe oh amazing great for them you uh, know what fuck it need, need, need a vagina <laughs> let's play it twice let's play it twice that's a double celebration there uh, so. great result for them especially with Clyde uh, going down to 4 for uh, Forfa and are both uh, both winning and also to John on Twitter who tweeted me directly because he put a bet on all three Angus clubs yesterday and all three came in uh, John go fuck yourself yeah and an Angus flyer they call it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah but the thing is though like Forfa and are both uh, I mean they both won yesterday but it just seems to be 
they, they keep matching each other's results yeah. all the time. I think potentially it could come down to goal difference. Yeah. And uh, a broth are four ahead just now, so four for winning three now, a broth only got an extra one. It's going to go down there. And Cowden Beef losing against our broth yesterday. Yes. They need two wins. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. So it's a big important time of the season for Gary Locke and Cowden Beath uh, still rooted to the bottom of the table. Uh, a wee bit of a miraculous escape it's going to have to be. Uh, but only two games remaining in League Two. Right, let's talk about the Scottish Cup semi-finals. We'll start with the one that happened on Saturday. It was 3-2 to Aberdeen. Did you manage to catch the match? I was playing football in the, uh, in the morning, so I missed the first half but cut the second half. Um, exciting game. Yeah, it was a I mean, shite goal to win it. Absolutely. Well, all of Aberdeen's goals were just, you know, nah, terrible. I liked Christie's free kick. Yeah, I but from a Hibs point of view, oh, it yeah. was diabolical. You know the, what I mean? The goalie nearly made up for it by nearly scoring in the 93rd minute. Did you see his header? No, I didn't. Know. Oh, belt of a header from a corner. <laughs> and uh, Aberdeen, uh, Joe Lewis, I think the keeper is, uh, made a good save, but it was a bullet header, man. <laughs> like into the top corner. I was loving it. Um, that's, that's your favourite thing in football? Generally, is. Keepers yeah. coming up. It's the best <laughs> thing about football. Yeah. Uh, unless the team's winning 7-0 and the keeper comes up because then he's a dick. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, good good game. Uh, 13 seconds. I could believe... So we come back from football, driving by Hamden, and it was... Uh, what was the kickoff yesterday? Half 12 as well? I think it was quarter past 12. Quarter past 12. We went by at like 17 minutes past 12 and there's t- still tons of Hibs fans going in and I didn't have the heart to tell them they were 1-0 down. <laughs> like, yeah. Guys unlucky. Um, but good comeback from Hibs uh, and then they kind of Hibsed it, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and, and te- well, in terms of, I think uh, Lennon uh, got his tactics very wrong at the start of the game yep. and rectified it, took Fraser Fivey off after half an hour. He did not look happy at no, all. No, as I mean, you wouldn't. No, no you, you wouldn't, but uh, he brought Grant Holt on and they scored almost instantly yeah, lovely cross lovely cross in um, great header also Dylan McGee's goal was nice but I don't know I was watching the game today as well uh, Hamden just seems to be massive yeah. because any time a centre mid was picking the ball up in their half they could run for 20 yards easy Yeah. and McGee obviously because uh, Derek McInnes made the change to um, bring O'Connor on and take off Ryan Christie they were just adapting to that Played the ball through, lovely one to with a uh, whole wee flick and sticks under the keeper. And I just kind of thought, from that point on, I thought Hibs were going to go on and do it. And if it was going to extra time, I fancied them, but yeah. they got the luck of the ball bounce and Absolutely. then that was it. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, speak about the game today as well. I didn't see it because I could barely lift my head off the pillow. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what you said when I uh, asked you if you watched the game today? Uh, what did I say? I can't remember. You said you were so hungover, I didn't want to switch telly on, so I sat in silence for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, I, I, I couldn't sleep, so I just sat. Well, I lay. Like, a, you know, just a corpse, you know, just a carcass lying on a bed somewhere. So, yeah, horrible. Um, talking of corpse, uh, Celtic won 2 0 against yep. um, who they played? Uh, it was Rangers, I think. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, very comfortable. Yeah. Like, a lot of people on Twitter and social media saying, like, a training match. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah, I saw lots of people speaking about that on Twitter because I did manage to muster up enough energy to look at my phone. Looking for uh, Pornhub. Yeah, right, exactly, okay. yeah. So, uh, listen, it was... Uh, so keep... it, was a, it was a good performance by Celtic. Um, yeah. Very comfortable. Callum McGregor, lovely finish. It's like a finish you get at fives, just sl- uh, slots in. But also, he's played over 100 times for Celtic now. Wow, really? Yeah, which I'd, I was doing some research and I was like, whoa. Could not didn't, have told you that. No, did not see that coming. Uh, big loss for Celtic potentially could be Moussa Dembele though obviously everything's wrapped up they just kind of need the Scottish Cup uh, final yeah. uh, but his hammy's gone chasing down he did his hammy uh, back heeling the ball trying to win a corner but it, it, they, Celtic become a different team when they get Griffiths because they just use pace Yeah, and that's where they get the penalty James Tavenier complaining about the penalty award what a fud yeah I know it was a ridiculous challenge like I mean it was just obscene like I mean he's always going to get a penalty for that right, speaking of which I just uh, there's a TV on just in the corner of my eye there I just saw Andy Halliday's challenge <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nailing who was it was it uh, uh, I think it was Patrick Roberts yeah it was yeah I I mean that was a, another horrible challenge I I don't see uh, when, I, when I was watching Rangers obviously you could see that Kashinia uh, wanted them to do like a high press and he set his team out like that but they just looked so flat and Celtic with Brown sitting deeper and Armstrong going out to the left and they just played it around them and I think Kishina needs to do a massive overhaul because yeah. players like Andy Halliday Jason Holt 
and all that kind of stuff. They're just poor. Martin Waghorn, how the fuck is he getting a wage? <laughs> he is absolutely gash. I know, I know. He's terrible. He really is. He did a diving header with about four minutes to go. That was, it was a decent chance and he put it so high. Yeah. But I was like, you're low. That's the point of a diving <laughs> header. How have yeah. you put it so high? Yeah, he's, he's really not the best. He's probably think. trying to hit a 13-year-old in the stand like that video. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Rangers uh, play Celtic again next week. Yeah. It's the, I really enjoy uh, the, those games. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. They'll yeah. never get bored of them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're playing again. So, so that's Rangers' final chance to, you know, take something off of Celtic this season and beat them. Yep. Like, that. that's the only thing Rangers have, really, because they're not going to get a second place. And... I mean, if they don't take anything off his Celtic next week, then it's That's just a clean sweep. A, it's Wait. a disaster. Clean sweeps happened twice under Martin O'Neill, the commentator was saying, um, in a season. But also, interestingly, they're playing uh, Celtic Aberdeen's final. That was also a League Cup final. Yep. It's only the third time ever in Scottish football history that the two finals have been competed by the same two teams. Wow. And what with the other? Why do you do this? Oh, I, as if I know that. I, re- I, re- I read it and I go, right, I'll say that to Stephen later and he'll be a dick about it. <laughs> uh, no, that's a very good fact. Well done. Uh, so, yeah, it's Celtic versus Aberdeen uh, in the Scottish Cup final. So, well done to both them winning their semi finals over the weekend. Lots to come on Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw. But first, we're going to do this. Yes, it's Where Are They Now? It is back for another edition. And joining us on the line now, we have former Celtic, Ross County, Motherwell and current Fort Martin midfielder, Paul Lawson. How are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, guys. Yes, very good. Uh, I am a bit hungover today. I believe you're a wee bit hungover as well, Paul. Was it a few drinks last night to celebrate the end of the season? It was, yeah. Um, Anything that you can tell us? Well... (laughs) I think it was one of those ones, you know, you'd have one anyway, but I think the four-hour bus journey down from Wick uh, didn't help matters. So there was a, a few boys, uh, worse for wear, getting off the bus <laughs> back to Aberdeen, let's just say. Did you win? Uh, three, two each. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Not, not too bad. end of season game. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to play for yeah. and, you know. Yeah, listen, we'll get on to your, uh, your uh, Highland League sort of journeys in the next week. Well, we're going to talk about your career, though, and... Uh, uh, a very successful career. You started at Celtic, of course. You're from Aberdeen, though. So how did the how did the sort of move come about uh, to Celtic then? Um, oh God, it was when I was about thirteen. I think it was it was George Adams, uh, who was the the head of youth at, at Celtic, but mm-hmm. he was based in Aberdeen himself. Um, he just seen me playing for my my local boys' club um, and invited me down. Uh, to spend a few days down there and then in the sort of Easter holidays and summer holidays I would go down and, and train and then when I was 14 I signed an S form mm-hmm. um, which meant I played um, with the, the Celtic under-14s um, on a Sunday afternoon so I would go down on a Friday afternoon train with my team on a Friday night and then play on a Sunday and then come up the road um, so I'd done that for two years and then I was offered a a uh, three-year contract at 16, so moved down permanently. Yeah, so, I mean, is it one of these, I mean, I don't know if you're a Celtic fan or not, but I guess when a, a club like Celtic come calling, it's really, it's it's hard to turn them down, is it? It is, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, there was a wee bit of complications because I had been training with Aberdeen at the time and uh-huh. um, I think they were a bit unhappy that I'd, I'd been training with Celtic and they, they initially did offer me an S form but withdrew their offer. So it was kind of yeah. uh, out of my control sort of thing. But like you say, when Celtic come in, it's it's one of those things that you can't say no. I think uh, I think my mum was a bit upset me having to leave home at such a young age. But <laughs> uh, as a young lad, you're, you're going chasing the dream, aren't you? So, you you know, it's, it's an adventure for you. Yeah, it's not a bad reason to be leaving home, though. Um, <laughs> no, just going to go play for Celtic, Mum. I've seen it. It's not too bad. I think uh, it was that little one... Um, Sticking at school and it, I gave it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do. I'll do a course down the road when I get down. To <laughs> I'm still to get around to it. So, <laughs> and, and how how's it work? See, when you move down there, you're 16. You move. You're moving in potentially into digs, whatever. And then, you do you start training with the reserve side? Is it an under 21 side? Do you ever train with the first team? How's that work? Um, when I first well, oh god, and that, I think the thing is that a club like the size of Celtic. I mean. I think when I first went in at 16, there was about 80-odd signed players, you know, between 16 and the first team, you know. 
and so we had an under 16 stroke under 18 team so you train with them and it, it basically you played in the youth team done well for the youth team you'd maybe get pulled into the I think it was a reserve squad at the, that yeah. time and then it changed to the under 21 league and then under 20s I think it's changed that much but um, you do that and then it's the progression into first team if you do well from there sort of thing you know and, um, some boys they, who are better than others sometimes make the the quick jump from youth into first team and um, some boys who develop a wee bit slower and maybe it's a, a longer progression How hard is it to try and break into that Celtic first team if you're a youth player because obviously they've got the resources to go out and spend millions on players uh, it, is it frustrating that you know like I guess there, there's many boys lately you made, you, you made a handful of appearances um, but never really sort of held down a place in the team is it frustrating when you know you th- you obviously think you're good enough but the manager is willing to go out and spend millions on maybe- Thomas Gravison or whatever yeah exactly at that point yeah. in time yeah <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's hard I mean I know a, a couple of years after I left a lot of people said you know I bet you wish you were still there you were 28 at this current Celtic team but I think when I was there the sort of midfield in front of me were uh, the highest quality so it was as frustrating as it was, I think sometimes you need to be realistic and yeah. and understand that there are better players than you. And is and is probably you think you are a, a good player and you have to be confident in yourself, but um, you maybe aren't quite there and ready. And, and to be honest, I wasn't. You know, I I, th- I thought I was, but when you look back, I, I wasn't. You know, because yeah. you you would have had lots of kind of similar guys about your age coming through at that time. The likes of like. Uh, Sean Maloney's, John Kennedy's, um, ah, what was he called, Liam Miller. Uh, yeah. So um, when you see them step up, do you kind of think in your head, you go, oh, I'm next? Or is it more like, how the fuck did that guy get there? Uh, well, no, I think I think maybe when I first went down at 16, I was a wee bit naive. I just thought it would be a natural progression. Uh, but it's not until you're there and then about, you see how good these players are. Yeah. And like I say, like for Sean and... And Liam was maybe a bit longer in terms of playing a lot more reserve football, but Sean pretty much jumped from youth team into first team. John Kennedy was the same, you know. Um, but they're top players, and they've and they've shown that. And 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 John, you know, he would have been, I would say, it's hard to say at such a young age, but he would have been one of the best, you know. Um, just unfortunate his his injury, but yeah, I think these players like Sean, Liam Miller, proved in time the the quality they had. Yeah, I mean, listen, so you didn't quite make uh, the breakthrough into the, the Celtic first team. Had a couple of loan spells at St. Johnson and St. Mirren yeah. as well. Uh, but it was Ross County where you really established yourself and had a very successful period up there, didn't you? Yeah, um, the club had just got relegated to the, well, the old second division, League One now. Um, and it was it was actually by chance. I was I was in town in Glasgow and, and George Adams um walked by me in town, I stopped and spoke to him and um, just said what I was up to. And at that point, I wasn't sure um, what Celtic were, were doing, well, thinking about me. And yeah, because I, I, I kind of had, an, I had an inkling I was, I was going to get released because I still had a year on my contract. Because they were experimenting for a bit because I remember um, at that time they put you into fullback for a bit. Yes, yeah, that's right. Which I quite enjoyed, to be honest. And I guess when you're a young lad, you'll play anywhere to to get in you know and um, I was enjoying that but no I, and I had a year in my contract but Gordon Strachan was, was honest enough and said that I wouldn't be in his plans and it would be best for myself to, to go away and get first team football and um, like I say I, I bumped into George and he just told me to, to keep in touch with him and and let him know my sort of situation uh, got got released from Celtic and um, went up on the Friday actually I think I'm sure the transfer window shut that Friday Got released and I went up to Dingwall on the Saturday to watch Ross County against Airdrie, um, and then kind of agreed things and then signed with them on the Monday. So was it? And how um, did you feel about making the drop down? Because like you're saying, that's a couple of divisions. Or did you feel that's just what you needed to do for your career at that point? Um, to be honest, at the time I didn't think too much about that. I think I was just wanting to play games and, like you said, a couple of loan spells. Um, it didn't really work out, I wouldn't have said. So there wasn't, I don't think there was that much interest in me right. in terms of um, clubs wanting me. So I think it was just a, it was an opportunity, a wee fresh start in terms of moving up to Inverness. 
Um, and the club were flying at the top of the, the second division at the time, which was expected because the squad we had was, was too good to be in that league anyway. Um, so it was actually it was a great year because it was great experience and and to win the league that that first year was was special. It was you know I guess at whatever level when you win a trophy it's, it's great. So um, I, I uh, obviously when we get guests on we do a bit of research. Uh, uh, something that made me laugh uh, that I've never really seen before when uh, reading about a footballer uh, was when you scored your first goal for Ross County after the match. You said uh, you didn't know how to celebrate because you hadn't really scored before. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, I'm not known. I'm not known for my my goal scoring prowess. But I so, what was the celebration you did then? If it was that shit, it had to be remember. referred back to later. <laughs> I can't even remember. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's just something. I guess when you're a goal scorer, you probably have in your head, do you, what before a game, what to do, and you'll you'll have a celebration in mind. But I think I don't know. I just, <laughs> I really can't remember. But I think it was like a. I'm sure it was a last minute winner or something. So that was was one of those ones. I think I just ran about going crazy. So it was um <laughs> can you remember, to, can you remember uh, who it was against? I'm sure it was Queen's Park. Yep. And because when Stuart Kettlewell signed for us at Ross County, I, I was forever reminding him of that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he said the goalie had no hands that day, but I'll I'll say it just ended up in the top corner. Aye, that's yeah, exactly what you did. Exactly. To. Listen, you're you're a guy who's uh, who was at Ross County all the way through, as you say, from being yeah. in the second the old second division, uh, League One as it is now, and right the way up to the SPL. So you've gone on that journey. Obviously, there was the cup run in there as well, uh, beating Celtic in the semi final, and then obviously the. Uh, the loss to Dundee night in the final, but an, an amazing time to be at a club like Ross County. Yeah, um, I, think I was actually speaking to somebody not long ago, and I think in my six years there, every year something of significance happened. I think my first year won the second division, my second year we got to final the Challenge Cup, uh, I think the third year we won it, fourth year we got promoted, uh, fifth year or um, oh, fourth year Scottish Cup, uh, fifth year promoted, and then sixth year Ross County's highest ever finish in the league. So there's yeah. always uh, sort of milestones hitting, which is which is great, and it's something I can look back on and, and be very proud of. And but I think the the core of players we had for that four or five years uh, was a massive help to the to the club and, and what we achieved. Was it a wrench to leave Ross County? Obviously, you went on to sign for Motherwell. How did that come about? Um, well, to be honest, for some reason, uh, people think there was a big fallout between me and uh, Adams, but there, there actually wasn't a, a coming together. I was just bombed out the the, the squad for the first half of um, our first year in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I was training with the youth team on a Saturday morning rather than being with the lads preparing for a game. And did you get told uh, why? No, there was never anything spoken. It was... Um, and... It, and a lot of people did say, why why are you not chatting the door and, and demanding a game? But to be honest, the, the team weren't doing too great. So the, the sort of, it was all in my favour, so to speak, you know, and yeah. people were starting to ask questions why I wasn't getting a game and, and things like that. And then I think it was it was Boxing Day. Just by chance, I got pulled into the squad through illness and injury. And I came on against Hibs and we ended up winning the game 1-0. And I, I think I played every game after that and we went, 12 games unbeaten and shot the league from second bottom to, to fifth So and see when that yeah. happens do you just become so smug like do you just go stand <laughs> well, outside yeah, the manager's door and smile or what <laughs> well I think so and uh, it's pleasing and to be honest I'd, you know there was a couple of games towards the end that, that season um, he actually made me captain for a few games so I like you said I don't really know what was the reasoning behind things but um I mean that that last three four months at Ross County was unbelievable. Loved it. Um, so leaving was was very hard, but there was a number of factors for it, um, reasons behind it, and um, how it it happened and why I had to do it. So yeah. But um, hindsight's a great thing. I maybe should have stayed, um, but you, you don't know that at the time, you know. Yeah, because obviously you jump over to Motherwell. Uh, you make your debut in a European game. Uh, against uh, a Russian team I can't remember the name Krasnodar I think it was Krasnodar yeah, yeah. And what, so you're coming in you're doing your pre-season you're getting ready to play in Europe 
Uh, was there a lot of new signings that year? Or were you one of the few guys coming in that Stuart McCall brought in and you go and play in Europe? What was that like? It was brilliant. Um, I think, to be honest, I, I don't think he brought that many in. Um, I don't think Stuart McCall is very shrewd and um, good sign. You know, he'd bring boys up from down south that nobody'd ever heard of and, and the team always do well. And his league finishes all suggested how great a job he'd done. Yeah. But uh, I think that was uh, one of the big things when I heard he was interested in me. I think the chance to play European football is, is something you, you can't say no to. And, um, although years ago when I was at Celtic, I was on the bench for a, a European qualifier, but that's as close as I got. So I think the chance to to play was was uh, was great. Although we didn't we didn't cover ourselves in glory, um, but it was still a great experience all the same. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you ever have the chance to go and play abroad, Paul? Not really. Um, I think I spoke to. There was a point when I was at Ross County that I, I spoke to. Uh, an agent a couple of times who said he could that there was sort of moments I could go to Malta or Cyprus or places like that but to be honest it, it wasn't really of interest in yeah, I could tell exactly that say, by your tone <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh, places like that <laughs> over there so, so yeah you know, then people talk about Australia and things like that I've, I've not really thought about that to be honest so it's uh, that's cool it's very different because some players like obviously you talk about oh they really wish they'd done it whereas you yeah. just could not give a fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's refreshing I, I think I don't know um, I just maybe I'm a bit of a home bird I don't know I, I, you know I can't put it on that it's I was I guess if you're happy in your football there's no need to go elsewhere yeah and uh, I think that's maybe how I was but um, people do it for the experience and people like to go travel and see other places but uh you, know, you just like Aberdeen. <laughs> Happy with it? <laughs> it seems so. <laughs> uh, you just love aggressive pigeons, and you're done. Because <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Like, uh, about sheep now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you brought it up, so it's now open season. That's how it works. But then, when you when you're at Motherwell, you're down there. Uh, you've made the move down. The first season's all right, but then you're getting nailed with injuries. And what? Yeah. What? How? How was that? Because are you thinking I've made a mistake coming down here? Or are you just like trying to get back into the first team? What's the kind of mindset of that? Uh, I think initially you, you don't think too much of it. It's, it's an injury; it's part and parcel of football. Um, but the longer it went on, and, and the problems weren't getting any better, and um, I think I know I know myself. I was getting a bit of stick from the fans, you know, that sort of waste waste of time, and yeah. the, the mother fans weren't weren't too great with me, which is understandable because they don't know; they just see on a Saturday afternoon that I was sat in the stand for the majority of my time there, which was. It's you know it's frustrating for a player and it's thing as that side of the game that fans don't really see and um, it didn't help me uh, personally and I wasn't happy and and it, it is really tough you know you're going in every day and the boys are having banter about training and, and things like that and you you kind of join in but you're not you're not part of it you know so that that's the uh, the horrible side of the game and um, to be honest I kind of lost my love for football for a wee bit for a while you know. And is that kind of what happened with the next step in your career? Because you did quite an unconventional route, shall we say, of uh, SPL, Premiership, whatever it's called now, I always get that wrong, to, <laughs> Sorry, so to dropping out completely out of the, the professional league. So how did that come about? Because you must have had offers on the table. Yeah, to be well, I mean, I had a few offers to go on trials to a few clubs, but if I'm being honest, I wasn't confident. Um, my injuries would hold up. Right. Um, I came back to Aberdeen for the summer, and the opportunity of a job came up. And so, at the end of the day, as a Scottish footballer, you'll you'll have to work after you stop playing, and and yeah, that's the reality. So, it was going to happen either now or two or three years down the line. Um, am I going to keep fighting for a one-year contract here and there, just postponing the inevitable? And I just thought the job opportunity might be away a year down the line I couldn't say no to it and um, that that's pretty much what made my mind up yeah and I listen think, so how are you getting on at Fort Martin then are you, are you back enjoying football again I am uh, <laughs> typical I'm injured just now but <laughs> so did you just go in the bus to Wick for the booze <laughs> uh, well <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the the manager the last two months he's sort of asked me to help out in the coaching side of things. Right, okay. So, um, that's something I'll obviously look into doing the next sort of stage. So I mean, I've been enjoying that. So um, as of I've, I've been injured for about the last month or so, so I've, it's been keeping myself occupied doing doing that side of the game, um, which. I want to keep playing as long as I can, and people say you should do that. But I, I did. I have enjoyed it the last few games. You know, being involved. Um, so the the bus journey home was was worth it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was worth it. So uh, listen, uh, before you go, Paul, uh, we're going to ask you the best player you've played with and the best player you've mm-hmm. played against. So uh, let's start with the best player you've played with, Paul. It's a hard one because I think when I was a young lad at Celtic, there's probably a number of players you could say, oh, I've played with him, but, you know, I didn't, not regular games, and, yeah. and that's the thing I would say, but, um, definitely, I mean, Ian Vigers, for, for ability alone, would be one of them, but, probably, the one who I learned the most from was, was Paul Lambert, um, although he was coming to the end of his career, he, he probably spent a full season playing the reserves, and playing alongside him for a full season, which was, was a great experience, and, the things that he's won in the game, you, you couldn't help but learn off of him. So I'd say probably, yeah, Paul Lambert. Didn't didn't expect you to say Ian Vigers at all. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's... me and Stephen both no, alike. I just think natural natural ability. I think he's he's unbelievable. A lot of people criticise his style, but I think uh, his ability was was unbelievable. A couple of years at Ross County, he was he was one of our best players. Yeah. What about the best player you've played against then? Only it was a friendly, but I have to say Paul Scholes. Um, oh, the Celtic preseason tour, yeah, yeah, just ridiculous. And you know, you these guys you watch on the TV, and but when you see them in the flesh, they're, they're even better. And just like I say, although it was a friendly, just they just ran the game, and um, it was played at his pace, you know. And, and I think that's a sign of a top top player. You, you don't see many players controlling games but I think he's one of the guys that does it you don't see many gingers either so it's a good combination <laughs> uh, and also uh, I'm not sure this is true is it true that uh, you through marriage of your sister are related to another Scottish footballer I am yes uh, how is how is that so your sister comes home and says I'm dating a footballer do you just start thinking shit and start thinking <laughs> about all the bad ones it could be <laughs> like scoring them out or were you well, quite happy about it well, to be honest when they first met, I was only, well, I was about 13, 14, so... Oh, so you were like a fanboy? Uh, I was, well, I didn't quite say that, but, uh, no, I, I, you know, you don't realise you, you're good in the football, uh, what goes on in the football world, or so we get judged, but, um, no, I couldn't, have, I couldn't ask for a, a, you know, he's like a brother to me now, and a, and a best friend, to be honest, and... Yeah, sounds a bit soppy saying all that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, In case you're wondering who we're talking about, we're talking about Dennis Law. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> an odd one. But... Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, uh, my, yeah, my sister, when I thank you for saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's fair actually. We're obviously talking about Russell Anderson, uh, Aberdeen stalwart. Yeah, uh, legend, I would say. So is that is that the real reason you moved back to Aberdeen so you can see Russell Anderson? <laughs> Yeah, I'm camped outside the house. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a bit windy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, Paul, uh, that's been a great chat you've had with us there. Uh, thanks so much for coming on Soccer FM. It's been a real pleasure. And all the best with whatever your future holds at Fort Martin next season. And uh, also your coaching badges and the job as well. So, uh, yeah, keep in touch, Paul, and I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Okay, pal? Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Yes, that was another Where Are They Now on Soccer FM. Remember, get in touch with anything you have for us uh, on pieandboswell.com and our own forum there and also on Twitter as well, at Scott Soccer FM and search for us on Facebook, Soccer FM and the search tab. Give us a like there and leave any comments. He was a great chat, wasn't he? Yeah, good. I was just thinking though, see between me and you and him combined, how many units of alcohol do you think we drank yesterday? Ah, well, he had four hours on a bus for Wick. Yeah. So, so. I mean, that that is quite a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I was at hospitality yesterday, which uh, explains my state today. Uh, yeah. We got rejected from a nightclub. That's how, that's how In Dunfermline? In Dunfermline, yep. And uh, my mate was on the roof of a car and fell off. And I don't even know. I, I, I can't even remember this happening. So Just get told about it this morning? Yeah. So. I, I was doing a gig in the West End of Glasgow uh, last night, 
And I walked in and a bottle of Peroni was 150, a bottle of Tiger was 170. And I was just like, this is not going to end well. So yeah. I t- text my mates in, come round. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We ended up uh, out till three. And it didn't end well then. So No, no, <laughs> no. I didn't. But I w- I'm quite hungover today, but honestly, I feel great compared yeah. to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm close to death here. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. It's time <laughs> for Teams Around the World. Yes, Teams Around the World on Soccer FM is back. Our weekly glance around the globe. Ray Bradshaw, tell us all about it. Uh, well, we've only got a couple of updates this week because in Suriname they take most of April off. Yeah. We still can't work out why because I, I don't speak Dutch. Ty- typhoon season. Is it typhoon season? Nah, I just made that up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's believable. Typhoon season. <laughs> uh, supposedly all the uh, players actually ate a Bridey from Dunfermline, but yep. by the time I got over there, that was then fucked. So they had to take the month off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just love Easter. Uh, so no, no updates from our, our boys at Robin Hood. However, if we go over to Paraguay, um, because of the way the time difference is, we've got the Sunday night game this week. Uh, Solid America, we're playing Guarani, cool. um, who are fourth in the league, we're fifth, so they've uh, three points ahead, so could be good. But also, our goal difference is plus 14, and theirs is plus three. Right. So our boys are going right in there, because we've uh, our boy Alvarez up top, banging them in so far, five goals. Uh, so, yeah, doing all right with Solid America, playing tonight. And then our other team, Shanghai SIPG. Yesterday, we were playing against... Hebe. Okay. Hebe. 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 I think Hebe. Hebe CFFC. Okay. That stands for Chinese Football Football Club. Right, okay. Um, yep. Shouldn't have gone for that. Gambled. Yeah. And <laughs> regretted it instantly. Yeah. Uh, so a good 3-0 victory for our boys at Shanghai. Uh, Liu Wenyin scored. And then our favourite Chinese player. Wu Li. Wu Li got the goal, yes. assisted by Higuan. And uh, Oscar got a PG, a penalty goal. So that takes us up to second in the league. And we are still getting in trouble for the league because obviously there's a rule. You have to start an under-23s player. Okay. And we keep starting the same guy. And then sub them off within 20 minutes every game. So, really? Yeah, so that's uh, six games in a row. We've done it. <laughs> uh, Zhang Huachen came off yesterday after 16 minutes. <laughs> I mean, just the, the Fraser Fivey of Scottish yeah. Chinese football. That's what it is. So, uh, Let's text him that and see what he says. Yeah, he'll probably just have no idea what's happening. He'll just like so. it. So any games coming up? In the yeah, we're playing Seoul in the Asian Champions League on Tuesday. So we had a bad result last time round against a Japanese team whose name I forget. Not your Reds, because that's always what I say. Uh, Grampus 8. Jubilo Awata oh yeah yeah. it wasn't them either that's only what I against someone Yeah. Uh, so yeah but sitting second in the league looking quite good so build on from there and obviously the team we're playing yesterday managed by although we heavy we've never really heard of them managed by Manuel Pellegrini uh, and they have uh, Lavezzi the striker the Argentinian striker from PSG and we've still never heard of them yeah mental exactly so listen that is teams around the world uh, if you keep if you keep track with the teams as well let us know we love hearing from you at Scott Soccer FM and also on pineborville.com as well let's take a wee look at what's happening over the next week or so in the SPFL uh, we've got that Hibs versus Wraith Rovers game in the championship that is on Wednesday night uh, so we mentioned that earlier on so big game for Wraith Rovers Hibs obviously already Already got the league wrapped up and secured. Friday night, another big game. Probably the biggest Highland derby ever. Ross County versus uh, Inverness. And obviously Inverness at the bottom of the league. Ross County still scooting in and around the, uh, the bottom of the league as well. Picked up a great point against Celtic last time out. So a massive match uh, up in the Highlands on Friday night. What do you make of the Friday night derbies? Uh, I quite like them. Yeah. I just think this is a game that shouldn't be on telly apart from Alba. <laughs> like, do you not know weigh like no 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 if if it's not Morton then they don't yeah. show it basically <laughs> on Alba or, or Air like you know uh, so yeah aye it's, it's the Friday night game and uh, it's going to be a big one so uh, you're a fan one. of the Friday night game Stephen yeah I'm actually yeah I quite like the Friday nights um, although I, I think Dunfermline have only played about two or three and lost them all um, so uh, I'm not a fan when it comes to that understandable uh, but in terms of the actual I think it's a decent time for football I quite like it uh, I'm not one of these Everything should be three o'clock on a Saturday. Job, I, I quite like. What time do you think football should be? Right, it's a spice of life. Is uh, it? I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it, football should be played at half three on a 
Wednesday. Give you a heads up, mate. See varieties of spice of life. See if yeah. you didn't think that in regards of alcohol, you wouldn't be as fucked as you are today, mate. Very true. Thank you. <laughs> stick to I'll, stick to your Maduri and lemonades. I'll bear that in mind for next week. So <laughs> uh, on Saturday in the Premiership, uh, the early kickoff is Rangers versus Celtic. Uh, Have they played recently? Uh, I don't know. Actually, uh, I don't hear much about them. No, I don't know. Anyway, they're playing next week. Uh, so it's Rangers versus Celtic, the final uh, derby of the season for them. Elsewhere, Aberdeen versus St Johnson, big game. Uh, in terms of the race for second place and Aberdeen have a pretty honking home record against St Johnston yeah, and uh, they actually have a better record away from home than they do at home oh, really? against St Johnston there you go there's good, your wee fact good fact mate absolutely it was almost as good as that other one that I can't remember that you told me earlier <laughs> uh, Hamilton versus Kilmarnock obviously all the games taking on added significance now the splits happen especially in the bottom six without a shadow of a doubt probably what do you think two wins for Hamilton and they'll be fine yeah, I think for most of the teams, I think if they can get, if apart with the exception of Inverness, who I think need way more, I think every other team should be okay with about seven points returned yeah. from that game. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, big game. Uh, Kilmarnock probably, I think, uh, not too much in danger. And saying that, it's only five points and they've still got all each other to play, so it could yeah. change. Uh, Hearts versus Partick Thistle. Uh, that is uh, one of the games in the top six. Yep, and also those kind of games when you're talking about Aberdeen St. Johnson and Thistle Hearts take on extra significance because Aberdeen and Celtic are in the cup final. Uh, that means uh, fourth place will get a European place this year. Yes, that so, is very true, actually. Uh, yeah. St. Johnson pole position now. Uh, Hearts four points behind them. Uh, the Jags are eight points back, but you never know. And the yep. total cup, here we come. Absolutely. Uh, Motherwell versus Dundee, so that's Neil McCann's first game oh, in charge. With... Mate, let's talk about that. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. That's a strange one. Right. You sack a manager who I said last week I thought had been unfairly sacked. Mm-hmm. And you sack him to bring in a pundit. Yeah. Aye. So there you go. That's a str- that is very weird. I hope he, they get relegated. He was assistant manager at Dunfermline, and what yeah, he used was to to uh, who Jim Jeffries, yeah. Jeffries, yeah. And uh, what he used to do is um, he used to do his sort of sky stuff, and then just sometimes turn up halfway through matches <laughs> as the assistant. Uh, so I, I I think every everyone I've spoken to about Neil McCann says he knows his stuff, uh, which uh, surprises me, um, but. Whether he's a decent manager or not, I I really don't know. I hope they get relegated. <laughs> well, there you go. Hope Inverness and them go down. Is it just Angus in the Tayside area? No, I just said Inverness as well. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Right. I hate Richie Foran. Is I it just anything north of Perth? You're not. Yeah, a fan pretty of? much. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lot of. Essentially, I think we should do Brexit, but like. Up there, yeah. <laughs> you were trying to think of a, yeah. I was trying to think of a cutoff point, but my geography yeah. is weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's a big game uh, down at the bottom six next week. Dundee, obviously, in that relegation playoff on thirty points. Inverness bottom of the table on twenty five. So I mean, it's really looking a bit grim for Inverness. Uh, they need to start picking up points pretty pronto. Elsewhere, uh, Championship next weekend. We've got Air United versus Hibs. Massive game for Air. Still at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Hibs already won the league. So. Maybe they'll be going a wee bit easier. They're at the cup now as well. Nothing mm-hmm. really to play for. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely massive game for Air United. Uh, Dunfermline versus Morton. Both teams have nothing to play for, uh, which I'm quite pleased about. If you'd have told me that a few weeks ago, I would have snapped your hand off. Yeah, so lovely definitely. Stuff. You're uh, sitting fifth now. I know, exactly. And uh, Falkirk have got Queen of the South. Uh, or Queen of the South have got Falkirk uh, at Falkirk next week. So that's going to be a tough game for them. And what do you think will happen to Falkirk? Because you like Falkirk, don't you? No, I hate them. Uh, you? St Mirren versus Wraith Rovers. <laughs> uh, that massive game uh, down at the bottom of the league. Uh, so yeah, that is an absolute blockbuster of a game at the bottom of the championship. All eyes will be on that. Yeah, that's um, probably the most important game in the um, league. I mean, you look at that one, St Mirren actually the form team. Yeah, and Wraith uh, 100%. are struggling. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen there. I fancy St Mirren for that. A win there. I think that, that definitely makes them safe from relegation, but also the playoff, I think. And they, they're away to Hibs on the final day. Yep. St Mirren Who will already be on the beach. F.A. Ambrose is having a party. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dundee United versus Dumbarton uh, rounds off the fixtures in the Championship next week. Aloha versus Stranraer in League One. Brechin versus Albion Rovers. East Fife versus Airdrie. Livingston Peterhead and Queen's Park versus Stenhouse Muir. As we said, it's probably four teams going for the two remaining playoff places. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks in League One there Livingston already won the league and uh, Steny at the bottom that's, uh, they can still claw themselves out here and they can still avoid the relegation playoff if they win their remaining games 10-0 each <laughs> so uh, as you do because uh, Steny have got Queen's Park away but Peterhead have got Livy yeah. away so uh, in the final game of the season 
it's going down there, isn't it? Yeah, it is one hundred percent. So uh, that's that's a massive game uh, for both sides next week. League two: uh, Annan versus Montrose, Arbroath versus Elgin, uh, Clyde versus Berwick. That's a big game at the bottom of the table, anyway. Uh, Cowden Beath against Forfar. Forfar still going for the title. Cowden Beath rooted to the bottom, and it's Edinburgh City who are now mathematically safe. Another year in the SBFL for Edinburgh City. They're at home to Stirling Albion. Ray Bradshaw, what you got on this week? Uh, not much to be honest no I've got a wee quiet one this weekend which is nice a wee weekend off before it goes mad again uh, I've just got one gig I think and you doing the fringe this year? yeah yeah well signed up so I'm doing the uh, Gildy Balloon 4pm every day the coveted 4pm slot yep. It's uh, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm next door to Stephen K. Amos so that's good so yep. people that when his show's sold out they come see mine and they're like what the fuck <laughs> is happening Yeah. Uh, yep so I'm doing my show all in sign language uh, which has never been done before uh, it's a mind fuck. It's really stressful, but yeah, doing that. Um, and also, people, it's weird, like because comedy's never really viewed as an art because uh, it's not really. It's just me doing knob gags. But <laughs> because I'm doing it in sign language, like I might get arts council funding and stuff oh, really? like that. Yeah, wow. which is wanky. Yeah, that is. Because if they listen to this, I'm definitely not getting. It's, <laughs> like, an, it's an art, darling. Yeah, it's an you, art. You, you'll come and start speaking like that. It's just it? me like talking about things my dad did in sign language. <laughs> yeah, well, but, there you go. Uh, what, what are you doing this week, Stephen? Uh, Any interesting interviews coming up? Uh, don't think so. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to Sean Mendes at the Hydro. <laughs> what Thursday the night. fuck is happening to you, mate? Uh, mate, listen, this is this is the life I lead. <laughs> is he not like 18? Yeah, he's very young. Yeah, but yeah, it's sold out. So um, would you? What Sean Mendes? Yeah. Nah, he's not my type. Is he not? 100% not, no. Um, but I uh quite looking forward to the gig. I think it'll be quite good. So there you go. And I'm hosting the Dunfermline Play of the Year next Saturday night. Are you? Yes, I am. Do you get to know who wins in advance? I know who's won already. Ah, okay. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have a guess. Uh, I'm going to go for Gagan. Okay. Bear in mind, I know fuck all about Dunfermline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really hope uh, Miles Hippolyte wins it. Uh, no, he's he's definitely he won't be winning anything. He's Sendai. Yeah, exactly. So he's gone. He's he's not even a person to me anymore. Not that I really cared about him before, to be honest. <laughs> See with. if you're a Falkirk fan, just tweet Stephen with uh, a with like two one. Yeah, just a picture of that or something like that. It'd be a good laugh because he's in a really good mental state today. Oh yeah, absolutely. You'll just get both barrels back, and I'll end up losing my job. Uh, uh, so, so if we're if we're recording next Sunday, are you going to be hungover again after the Dunfermline play of the year? Are you going to be drinking with the players? Uh, oh. Well, after last night, I probably shouldn't drink. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, all the players are going to be there and stuff. So uh, yeah, it should be a good night. I, I, because I'm hosting, I probably won't drink that much. Can maybe. I come? Aye. Do have to pay? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah I'm not I that. can get you on the guest list if you want. Oh, nice. Well, I'll put a word in for you. Nice. Uh, as long as you bring a plus one, which is Miles Hippolyte. <laughs> boot shit out of him. <laughs> I'll tweet him. Okay, excellent. Lovely stuff. So uh, that's what's happening uh, over the next Hi, week or so. Miles want a wish. <laughs> So listen, uh, that is all for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As ever, there's more on our Twitter, at Scott Soccer FM, Facebook as well, and on our own forum, and patentbovro.com. Get in touch for a where are they now, anything else you have with us. Uh, we love hearing from you. But from now, it's a goodbye from me, Stephen Mill, and you, Ray Bradshaw. Bye, guys. This has been Soccer FM. Good luck to all your teams across the week, and we will catch you next time on Soccer FM. <laughs>